This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The only queen I bow down to is Adina Menzel. My name's Keen. Boo! I'm James. Welcome to Sister That Pod. We are a podcast that live, laugh, love all things RuPaul's Drag Race. And today we are live, laugh, loving RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 6, Episode 6. And this week's challenge, Rue American Horror Story Coven Girl. I, I think very exciting. Um, this is like James and Keen reunited with a and guest. And a guest. I mean. Therese, Therese Company. <laughs> yeah, finally. It is the OGs back together plus <laughs> a guest. <laughs> and I guess we're super excited for you to yeah, to about. And, and and thankfully an American Horror Story super fan, so was able to give us like proper context. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Troy McKeady, he is the host of Dunzo Podcast, a podcast that James put me onto recently enough because we and we both love doing the deep dive into pop culture troves of the past yeah and it is just one of those ones that you can lose yourself you can either get like a nice 40 minute quick like memorandum of that time that wilmer valderrama dated Lindsay lohan or you can have a seven hour long kind of multi-episode arc into the the backstory of christina aguilera so it's really got something for everything and it is nice at the moment to have just something a bit light if that sounds like your cup of tea then go ahead and check it out but we're here mostly to talk about the latest episode of all star six and the acting challenge. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast for the first time, Troy McKeady. Troy McKeady, thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of All Star 6. Before we get into it, how have you been enjoying the series thus far? I like it. I mean, I've had my complaints about like previous All Star seasons. And I feel like they really, they had like a slope and they like couldn't figure out the formula, like mm-hmm. how to make it work and how to like make it seem fair, but also be entertaining. Yeah. But now I think that they know that this, what they're doing with like the lip sync battle and the girls voting, like it just seems like this is like what works now. Full disclosure, now, I haven't seen American Horror Story. Have you both watched it? So I'll, I'll go first to say yeah. I watched the first season and a half of it and that I am such a wimp for scary stuff that I was like I actually have to check out of this like scream <laughs> original 1995 scream is about as intense as I can go for horror so I was like this is this is kind of too much for me but I'm aware of the memes if that, if that helps <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big American Horror Story fan I've watched all the seasons I've watched some of them twice Coven this one specifically I probably mm. watched like two and a half times Okay, okay, so you'll be good, you'll be good. good for the context. You'll be able to- <laughs> the right yeah. person here to talk yeah. about this. Now, like, yeah. I've done my research. I know who each of the characters were and they were supposed to be, but I have nothing to compare them against because I haven't seen it. Right. So it'll be interesting. But at the top of the episode, we need to jump in to poor Jan. Now that she's realized that she was close to getting the chop in the public vote. And she kind of starts to put up a fight and then it seems that she just kind of accepts that she was wrong. She thought she she wasn't doing as well as she thought. How, James, as someone who's been on a roller coaster of emotions towards Jan, how do you feel towards her now? I actually have to say that I, I felt kind of sorry for her in the last couple of episodes because I think that she's someone who seems to be running into a bit of a wall every time she tries to... Like, I think that she, when she finished her season, it was in the middle of COVID. She hasn't got a chance to tour. She hasn't got a chance to go around the world 
sort of like maybe develop her character a bit more. So she has kind of come back and doing more of the same, bringing it at that like 110 level. And obviously some challenges like this one and the Super Bowl one that works in, but other ones like last week, it comes off as a bit insincere. And maybe she doesn't know how to pitch herself quite so much. But I have to say, I, I, I like to see the bit more humility, the bit, a bit more humility from her or something, or a bit more kind of like vulnerability from her. It, and it just, it, like I kind of, I, it made me feel warmer towards her where I have previously just been like, oh God, I cannot handle this amount of energy in my face. Mm. What's your read on Jan, Troy? I feel like Jan is one of those people that like, like Jan is such a stage kid, like such a drama mm-hmm. kid. And like drama kids have this very specific quality about them where they're good at everything, but you also want to punish them all the time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so for whatever reason, it's like us as the public, the girls and the judges just want to constantly torture Jan. <laughs> Even though it's like not really, it's like, is she doing the worst? No. You know what I mean? Like she's a, an incredible singer. There's like a couple challenges where like she easily could have won and they were like, Thanks, Jan. Bye. Like, we don't, we don't even want to tell you that you did a good job or keep you around to tell you that we liked what you did. You just are safe. Bye. Um, so I don't know. I feel kind of bad for Jan, but I also I find her to be really irritating at the same time. I want to punish her, too. And I don't know why. Yeah. But I think that's what you, you, you've perfectly articulated what it is I've been feeling about her since kind of really since she was on her, her season, season 12, is that like she has all the components of a really like a really excellent queen and she does everything really well. And you can kind of see that there is a likable like character and personality under there, but Mm -hmm. it's just so in your face that it comes off as insincere. And it's exactly that thing of like wanting to be kind of like push, just push you back a couple of feet away from me. Mm Let's social distance from you and your talent. And we'll talk to these girls over here instead. But yeah, I did feel sorry for her this week. I'm very sorry for at the beginning of this episode, because you could just see so genuinely that like sense of, oh god am i fucking this up yeah like what am i what am i doing wrong like <laughs> and they don't even really give her re- they're just like you're just not likable jan you're annoying like you annoy everybody it's just you're just too much and she's like what am i doing like it's like you know it's like you're just being too you <laughs> which is the worst insult ever really it's like- yeah <laughs> It's like everybody just doesn't like you. There's nothing you can do about it. Oh, uh, that is that like, is so fun when you see contestants getting just that feedback that they can't do anything with. Because like you know, we we love a bit of constructive feedback. We love when someone gets given something they can work with. But when it is just like it's just you, you're just too you. If you could be less you, that that would be great. <laughs> it's true. I guess that comes with age and maturity and comfort in oneself, I guess, right? So I suppose, yeah, over time, maybe like in 20 years, Jan will be like withering old thespian Jan. She's a different <laughs> yeah. character, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Smoking menthol cigarettes with a cane or a monocle or something like that. We'll finally like her then, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Angela Bassett phones in. And before we talk about what she says, I have this reference in my head of Angela Bassett. And I cannot place it. And it's, somebody said Angela Bassett Hound. And I don't know where it came from. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from either. <laughs> when someone says Angela Bassett, I just want to say Hound afterwards. I don't know why. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it's like, who, it's like, why aren't more people saying that really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, serving Angela Bassett at Crufts. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
she's one of those people who I I I was speaking for myself and Keen obviously with Angela Bassett Hind. I think that she's one of those people like here in Europe, we're aware of the fact that she is an icon. Mm. But she never really got like I don't think anyone really we, knows. Yeah, we haven't seen the icon like yeah. what, what it was she did to get the status. A little bit like Tina Turner as well, who I think kind of like like never became the kind of like like the huge icon spectacle that she is obviously in the states over here. So you're aware of that person is like on the same level as like. You know, well, I mean, Tina Turner yeah. would be a lot bigger name over here than Angela Bassett. Hound. Well, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no, saying, like, <laughs> you're right. I, I get what you mean, though. Like, Angela Bassett is interesting because in the States, like, for the first, I would say, like, 30 years of her career, she was only really iconic to, like, like Black families. Like, yeah, I okay. grew up watching Angela Bassett movies because she was in so much, like, iconic Black cinema. Yeah. And then she, as she got older, it was, like, more people started to sort of realize how much she had done. Like, her catalog is so... Extensive, extensive and so yeah. intense so now she's like reached this like it's almost like a light bulb iconic status where people are like oh yeah she's iconic it's like that mm. yes yeah, yeah it wasn't national like treasure kind of, kind of style <laughs> right icon. totally by the way i just did a quick google and there is a dog in new orleans called angela bassett hound who has their own instagram page <laughs> so shout out to you <laughs> consider her following <laughs> friend of the pod <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In the rehearsal, Michelle, Michelle gets up to actually do the role. I don't think I've seen that done before. That that was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's embarrassing. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it felt like she just, like, a, a little bit like she wanted the moment. Like, she was making it all about her again. Like, and a lot of times, the, the instruction that comes from the, the director's chairs, particularly when it's, like, two of the regular judges rather than kind of, like, experts who are in there to do it it is kind of like, we're not actually going to give you clear directional information. We're going to give you vague suggestions that you can or can't follow that you're not really sure you understand so that we get kind of good footage of you fucking up and then we can figure out what way we're going to make it look afterwards. Because I, I did like the the whole thing with um with Raja and the voice choice. Like I, I feel like if they said to her, that voice isn't working, stop doing it. Raja would have done that but the way they yeah. were kind of just being a little bit shady about it and then they were like we're looking for a very specific pronunciation so we're going to get very specific on the exact pronunciation of the word we want but we're not going to tell you to stop doing the voice we hate like it just all mm. felt a bit a little bit uh, a little bit shady and, um, and also when I watched the actual final product because when you see the run through you're like oh god Kylie must be floundering if you know Michelle has to get up and do this. But then when you see everything Kylie's done up to that point, it has been really good. What made Michelle think, oh, she needs help here. I'm going to weigh in. Now, that speech about I'm dying was probably her weakest moment. But still, I don't know, felt a bit, this is my moment. Like it was a bit, it seemed a bit. <laughs> <you could tell. laughs> she saw the monologue. She was like, I could do great at that. I did one for like <laughs> Jamie. So it'll be fine. Uh, okay. no, I agree. They de- felt like they definitely wanted to just like humiliate the girls. Like when they, mm. and it always is like that, where they're like, we want bigger. And then like they'll do it louder. And they're like, well, not louder, bigger. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you've yeah. seen the pit stop yet this week, but uh, Peppermint speaks about doing her uh, 90210. And when her and Asia do the kiss, it's like a peck. And they were like, we want it to be bigger. And then they do the big sloppy kiss things with the tongue. And then they're told that was too big. It's like, yeah. come on. This is so stupid. <laughs> okay, so let's get into Coven then. Um, so 
I'm going to run through what my understanding of this was, and Troy, you can correct me anyway along the way. So, Akira played Gabby, who was based on Queenie. Uh, Kylie played Jessica, who was Jessica Lang's character, Fiona Good. Jan played Leah, who was supposed to be Leah, uh, uh, Rachel Berry from Glee, Leah Michelle. Trinity K. Bernay played Sarah Paulson, uh, who was Bet and Dot Tatler, the conjoined twins. So Raja played the other half of that, but they called her Angela, I guess, after Angela Bassett. Uh, Bandora played Frances, who was Myrtle Snow, and then um, Joan Crawford. And then Ginger played uh, Emma, who was Madison, and Eureka played Kathy Bates, a.k.a. Ethel Darling. All okay? Yeah, you did that. Yeah, it was just it's weird, though, because it was such a mashup of like, not only was it a mashup of American Horror Story seasons, like the twin, the conjoined t- twins were from a different season mm-hmm. from Freak Show. And mm-hmm. then um, and then well, like the Rachel Berry of it all. I was just like, OK, I, a- yeah. So there was this is what this, I I figured this out, but obviously they decided they were going to bring in other Ryan Murphy creations. So they had Rachel Berry from Glee and then they mm-hmm. had um from feuds that Joan Crawford. But then I was like, why mm-hmm. not play with it a bit more? Like, I mean, right. we could have had a Donatella Versace. Wouldn't that have been a moment? <laughs> like, especially right. if you're going to be doing like a, 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 a like a modeling studio and you have her sitting like right there. Maybe once Yara Sophia went home, they were like, oh, we can't have a Donatella now. But like, the, it did feel like it was weird that they had like a, a nod to other Ryan Murphy stuff. But then, I mean, I would have looked like a proper deep throwback to popular. Like that would have been brilliant as well. But like, yeah, you know, something a bit more of that would have maybe, I don't know, been made more for more of an interesting ensemble. Yeah, because it was so rooted in Coven, and then they're like, oh, and by the way, Glee. It's like okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. And the superpowers that they had were they true to any sort of form in the actual TV shows? They do have superpowers in the show. Um, They all have like a, so the whole point of Coven was like each witch has like a power. And the whole thing is like them trying to figure out who is like the supreme witch. Okay. So you go, you kind of, it's like a whodunit, but like not really who did anything. It's more like who is the real supreme witch out of all these girls. So y'all have the power. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And the powers I'm assuming, but I mean like, like the, the 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 pussy on fire burning people, the, <laughs> the like posing the house down or making the facial hair grow. Like I'm assuming those weren't the powers in the show. <laughs> no, they weren't the powers in the show. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, who do you think stood out the most, Troy? Um, I honestly, I'm such a ginger head. Like I love ginger so much, and like. Mm-hmm. Ginger just always kills it. Like, I feel like they brought Ginger back to be like, okay, so you deserve to win, like, a bunch of times. Yes. Yeah. And you're I, so mm. good. Like, mm. nobody does an acting challenge better than Ginger Minch to me. And she wasn't even, like, the biggest character. But, like, she just makes every character she does so intense and so funny and just, oh, she's so good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, I, I think that the pack is sort of separating now and that Ginger is, like, I would say becoming the like clear front runner in the mm. competition. And in this, like she, like you get the impression that she could, like I actually would have also loved to see her interpretation of, of, of Jessica. Cause I know she'd wanted that, but like she, she could have taken any of those characters mm-hmm. and done something with them that was going to be elevated and funny and entertaining and interesting. So yeah, I think she was by far in this, like she, she was the standout. 
I thought she was the best actor, but in terms of actual enjoyment of the character on screen, I enjoyed Jan, Pandora, and Kylie more. But that's also by nature the actual role rather than the acting chops. And it's always hard to know how they actually judge this in Drag Race. I really enjoyed yeah. Pandora in this. I, I like I loved her transition to to Joan and the like the mm. wire hangers or their velvet. Oh, that was like, the best part. Mm. I I like you know cackled at that part. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, she did amazing, and she played two characters. Mm. Yeah, but know? I felt her Myrtle wasn't great. I thought like she came alive when she was the Joan Crawford. I thought that was, that was kind of the funny part. So I kind of felt maybe yeah. she was safe because the Myrtle wasn't great. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, totally. But then again, you know, she had the two characters. She did one fine, and then she did one great, and her runway was really good. I don't know. I I don't understand why, like. Like Pandora is getting the same treatment that we were talking about Jan getting earlier, except mm-hmm. for she doesn't deserve it because she feels like someone who's sort of been down on their look and kind of like not really seen as like a proper competitor well, for well, years. She's and... the older thespian now, you know. That's this, this is her well, I, full yeah, time I just, moment. <laughs> I just feel like give that girl a win; she deserves it. She needs it. Like you know, this is her last chance. I was going to say I don't really understand why they bring certain people back just to give them the exact same story. Yes. Yeah, because it like this is the same narrative we saw for her in her season. It's kind mm-hmm. of she's kind of floating through, doing well, never getting really in front of the judges. And it, it is you struggle to know, like, why have you brought this queen back only to yeah. kind of let her float in the middle of the pack, especially when like she's doing well. But which like, challenge did she deserve to win? Oh, my God. The one a couple of weeks ago that I can't remember. <laughs> one of them oh, no she deserved to be in the top for this one definitely and she deserved to be in the top for the um the super bowl mm. halftime challenge i would have said and then there was one like a week oh the one not the one, the one the week before they did the making of their own dresses the talent show one as well she deserved to be in the top for that yeah but i don't think she deserved to win any of them like she hasn't done anything that deserves to win for me necessarily but she's been very good consistently yeah, you're right. Maybe it's more so like, why did you decide to come back and do the exact same thing rather than like, you know, it's like <laughs> she could have switched it up and yeah. really, really put herself out there this year, but she's not I'm, at all. She just needed to think outside the box. Yeah. <laughs> but even in terms of like talking heads, she hasn't got that many talking head moments really necessarily either. Like she's kind of been kind of just floating by. Yeah. And that was like her whole thing. Like she was so funny in her mm. talking heads her yeah. season yeah there is sort of like a quiet like she's definitely like she's a quiet queen she she's she's a thinking queen she's she's the thinking man's queen um mm. and she maybe she isn't adding so much to like the drama in the workroom so maybe that's what it is, is that they just kind of have her there as filler and they're kind of they, her days are numbered as soon as it gets down to maybe another two weeks and then they're going to be like right out you go you haven't really achieved a huge amount more you haven't done anything iconic you haven't given mm. us a moment, but also, you know, you didn't do badly enough to deserve like an early exit. Yeah. Unless she comes back and does a really iconic snatch game and wins because everyone always talks about how she was robbed that first time when her Carol Channing deserved maybe to win over Tatiana. Well, I'm worried she's going to go home next week in this girl group challenge, though, and we, we won't even get to see her snatch game, which would be a crying shame. Oh, that would be a travesty. Trinity K. Bonet, I didn't understand why she didn't do the, the hair the same way as Raja. Because were they not supposed to be twins? And like Sarah Paulson's character 
has you know it's identical head side by side so when i looked at them again i was like why why didn't they dress more similar uh, that confused me i don't think that they knew anything about the camera <laughs> 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 like even when they told them like top of the list it's like they're trying to tell you to kind of talk like sarah paulson mm-hmm. mm, yeah. you know but like they didn't like they, they didn't get it because <laughs> actually like i it was only afterwards i understood like i remembered the character from seeing kind of pictures and stuff of, and like they're they're like they went a very different road in the, mm-hmm. the interpretation that they went with like you know obviously like trinity went down this angela bassett kind of route with her performance um and then like raja went this very different kind of like sort of like hometown whoop, 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 kind of like <laughs> weird sort of like <laughs> Like, I don't know, like, odd kind of character. Like, uh, I, I don't know. It was a very strange... Like, the two of them didn't make sense together as, like, as as twin yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. It was... Yeah. Which I think maybe made it more difficult for Raja because Trinity's performance was definitely more solid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Ra- Raja stood out for being bad by doing the stupid voice. Like, it just yeah. ruins the world. And I felt the same with Eureka. I think Eureka was, was lucky to avoid being up for elimination this week. I, like, kept, every time I looked at Eureka, I was like, that's just Eureka looking dead down the camera and trying not to laugh. I was like, this is, like, this is bad. It's so true. Oh my God, it's so true. Like at certain moments, I was like, Eureka's literally just wearing a, a, a beard. And yeah. just, that's the whole gig. I The first time I saw her on screen, I just thought, oh my God, it's Dragrid. And then that's all I could think after <laughs> After, after that, I was like, yeah, Wingardium Leviosa. Um, but this like week, you really kind of saw shades of kind of what had made her irritating in the, the the first season that she was in there. That kind of like really like huge kind of like, oh, my God. Like it was very full on. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> I just loved it. It was like a weekend that every single time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was so like deadpan, like it was just like no facial expression, no acting at all, just like screaming and then staring and like not doing anything else and looking around. Being was like, that huh? good? Not what you wanted? Yeah. Did you get the take? Yeah. <laughs> it was like she has two settings on and off. So it was like, <laughs> I'm not supposed to say anything, stay still. Oh my God, I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. So She's like, if I'm acting, I'm supposed to be loud. It's like, not, not really. Nobody told you to scream, but. <laughs> It is, if you do think back to all of her acting performances on Drag Race, they have all ended up with her like lying on the ground, kind of like with her legs shaking. Mm-hmm. Up her like yeah. it, is, it is like that is just her go to move when it comes to Drag Race acting challenges. But we, we do a fantasy league, Troy, and a lot of people thought Eureka was going to do really well this week's episode. I thought possibly it was going to do because she did really well in the advert challenge. That seemed to be kind of like a character shit going on there. Yeah. But. Uh, no, it didn't, it didn't manifest. What did, did you think Kylie deserved the win, Troy? No, I was so, okay. so honestly, Mike, like God's honest truth. I was so confused. I was so yeah. lost. I was like, she did terrible. And then like Michelle had to get up and show her how to talk loud. Yeah. And then she like kind of did it, but she just copied Michelle and they were like, you were ravishing. We couldn't take our <laughs> eyes off you, gal. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you screamed at her for like 40 minutes. 
I thought she did a good job. I thought she felt she was commanding. She had good presence. I thought the dying speech was bad, but around <laughs> that, I thought she did go. She did well. I thought that she carried. I thought that ninety nine percent or ninety ninety percent of her performance was carried by a like an outstandingly perfect perfect look. Like I thought that. Mm, like, that's how I felt. Yeah, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think that like she she got there in some of it, and I liked the like bit of a southern drawl coming into kind of a bit of a but like I don't feel like it was kind of as manic or as possessed as you needed to and also I did think it was strange and maybe it was because of like COVID restrictions the way they kind of had to film it as if it was like a like a stage production and they all were like facing out towards like the like that was just really that felt really unusual it gave me proper an- amateur dramatics in the local town hall as <laughs> yeah. I push all the furniture up against the wall I will just come on we'll make every- I don't think it'd be a stage where are we we're in the sea perfect great <laughs> yeah. pull those curtains <laughs> <laughs> okay pretend that chair is a lion and you're like oh god like yeah it was proper yeah. amateur dramatics she did look amazing though for sure yeah. she looked incredible her yeah. look like the whole from head to toe like the whole even the way she was posing was just like so it was so good yeah no it was it was brilliant and she like she like she had she oozed that sort of demeanor I think that like that brought her a lot of the way but when it came to actually delivering the lines like it, she she obviously is very softly spoken and this thing is I don't necessarily think that you have to be like really loud in order to be commanding on stage you just need to play mm-hmm. into what your strengths are so kind of if she had just delivered things in a more menacing but lower kind of a controlled tone, maybe that would have been better rather than trying to do the screaming. Because I, I don't know. But then that's odd because in this setting, every time they're doing an acting challenge, like the judges have a, such a clear idea of like exactly the performance they want you to deliver. So if you try and mm-hmm. interpret it your own way, you're kind of at a risk of just being told you weren't following our instructions because you didn't get that this reference was actually a reference to like a, a film from like 2015 years ago and it's like some like pop star biling that no one remembers <laughs> <laughs> how dare you that felt like a direct attack on me <laughs> she's she's my favorite clothes horse from the early noughties <laughs> Uh, the only last person we haven't spoke about is, is poor Akira. She couldn't get into the groove at all. It was like that line, models, I don't see models. I just see hashtag basic bitches. Basic bitches. Oh, basic God. bitches. It's like, oh, God, oh, my God. But even the outfit, like it looked like she had turned up for the ref- it's like it's like we're 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 in that town hall in that place where they're putting on this performance, and she thought that it was to dress. She thought it was to rehearsal, and it actually was like the actual show. Right. But she arrived in there in her like juicy couture tracksuit, and she was like, "Hey, what's going on?" So she needed to walk in like holding a coffee and be like, "Guys, what's happening here? <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's oh, it's tonight. It's tonight." <laughs> it did make me laugh really hard when they showed that clip. <laughs> like like um, I'll call it stress practicing. Oh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> When she's like saying the line over and over. I don't see models, I see basic bitches. I don't see models, I see basic bitches. Yeah, it's like, girl, you have one sentence. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, wasn't great. And who said the infamous line, don't be shallow, Frida Kahlo? Like, oh, who who writes this? <laughs> Try. 
oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and it was so long like i kept like looking down and then looking up and i was like it's this is an episode of american horror story like a full episode (laughs) i'm sorry 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 so Anyway, let, let's scrap all the acting performances. The actual story, they do their fighting, they come back alive. And then they say, let's transport to such and such. And then Kylie goes, oh, I wasn't in that one. So presumably they're referencing another season. So like, oh, let's transport back to the 70s. And then RuPaul's there. And I was like, what the hell? So what's the, the, the new Ryan Murphy one that's not Pose? Or no, Pose no Pose isn't Ryan Murphy. What's the new one that's like Pose but isn't Pose? Legendary. Is Ryan yeah, legendary. Pose is Ryan yeah, 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 yeah. Um so like I think that that's obviously where they were going back to. Like and then there was there was that other one that, there, that there's Hollywood. There, yeah, that is that, that that's the one that has um Gus Kenworthy in it. Mm. Oh god. Another attractive man who just gets so many opportunities because he's hot. Anyway, um, but yeah, I like they are, they were referencing all those other Ryan Murphy shows and stuff, and they were like kind of like saying, "Oh, like, I think that the whole bit was meant to be the way that he like recycles the actors and actresses for the different things." So that was meant to be the gag, but it fell flat and it didn't work. So which which was Hollywood? Is the movie at the end then? What was the guy with the gimp mask? Oh, well, the guy with the gimp mask is a reference to the very first American Harley story. Yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> okay. forgot about that, that that was there. Yeah. Is that the only one I've watched? And I was like, this is too scary for me. I, <laughs> you I were like, oh, I get the reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the guy in the gimp mask. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that he was there. I forgot that they did um like like Radio City Rockettes kicks with Rue at the end. Yes. Yeah, that was all very confusing. It was also, so weird. Rue always looks like... Like in the workroom in his suits, you're kind of used to seeing him. But when he like rocks up with like his his sort of afro and the <laughs> like the um, the mustache, like he just looks like he's he. I don't know. There's just something weird about seeing him. Like I could imagine mm. seeing him in real life and just being like, "You're you're like an alien. I shouldn't be looking at you. You're like sort of what like willowing through the world. Like it just was very disconcerting seeing him there. And like the way he was standing like two meters away from them, obviously, so that. To, like to get into the COVID kind of restrictions, right. very That's unusual. Because so he's done all this work to establish himself as a high status figure on the TV show. Do you know, it's like I'll co- you know you come to me, you talk to me, and then he's like opening up the costume box and being like, oh, I might put on a you know <laughs> a nice seventies wig and a bell bottom and head into the head in with the girls. Like, oh, it's so strange. James, what do you like to drink on a night out? Beer. Malt, perchance? No, I don't. But you know what I do like? Pints of Malt Podcast, who are also part of the Headstuff Podcasting Network. It's four Nigerian Irish lads, and they share their experiences of growing up in living in Ireland. The podcast is full of laughs from the get-go, childhood memories, day-to-day shenanigans, and there's never a dull moment with Femi, Kenny, Charlie, and Jabiz. Okay, it's Jibs here from Pints of Malt. So our podcast is basically a group of Irish-Nigerian lads who tell their stories, growing up in Ireland as well as Nigeria, and we share our experiences with all of y'all. We also add a bit of comedy as well, you know, to get y'all laughing, get y'all through the week in these tough times that we are in. So y'all sit back and just, you know, enjoy the show. As Jib said, we're the Pints of Mod podcast. You can find us on all streaming platforms, including the Headstuff Network. 
So the category on the runway was Oh My Goth. First up was Ginger Minge. She had this sort of Victorian black dress with the voodoo doll. I was like, yeah. Wouldn't yeah. necessarily say goth, but I'm getting the occult. I think you're I think you're being too literal. I think that it's like gothic rather than goth. Right. So that, that's where I was going with it. Because I thought a lot of these looks were gothic rather than goth. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, no, I just didn't hear him say, oh, my gothic for the runway titles. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how are you to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, look, I, I think it might be a case of the thing where the brief is slightly, and then they kind of change the name of the r- runway and then none of them really fit, per se. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, they all seem to follow a trend, but the trend didn't match the category of the runway. But I thought she looked good. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, even when Ginger looks terrible, like even when Ginger walks out wearing like literal clown drag, <laughs> I'm like, I love it. Like those like s- ridiculous like s- like chaps, the frill <laughs> chaps from the frill child. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, I was, I was like, when a when an outfit can make me belly laugh, you've succeeded in whatever it is you're trying to do. I don't know what you're trying to do, but you it works. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed this. I thought it was fun and campy, and and like actually, like one of the best. I think that like she's like one of the best she's looked on the runway in like actually stacking up against like the other kind of I suppose more fashiony girls. I liked the concept, so she's delivered it really well. I like the little voodoo doll thing. I thought I thought she looked really good. Also, nice to see some of these queens in like like a different type of makeup. Mm. Um, I thought that she like her kind of makeup yeah. was like really fun and cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Eureka was up next. She called herself the ghost of Marge Simpson. She was kind of wearing a leather bodice with a kind of negligee over it. Uh, Yeah, I thought this was uh, good for Eureka. I kind of find Eureka wears either like a big gown or a bodysuit. This wasn't too far away from from that, but it was different. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely different for her. And I liked it. I agree with that. I like seeing I like seeing them do like different makeup. Yeah. You know, like they were all forced to kind of do something different. But yeah, I liked Eureka's look. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought that it's like not the best she's looked in the runway, but it definitely wasn't like, it, it wasn't like the standout look of the night, but like I thought mm-hmm. she looked really good. I did, I again, I also, yeah, liked how she changed up her makeup and kind of like the, the purple lips were interesting and the, the wig was pretty cool. Um, And yeah, you are right. You either tend to get her in like a big sort of mermaid tail gown uh like full pageant or else you get her like in like a dancing bodysuit so this was kind of somewhere between both of those but also neither of them so it was nice to see her do something a bit different yeah yeah it was one of the most varied Mm -hmm. silhouettes for eureka i've seen and even that isn't vastly different um tkb came out with sort of a large tool train with black feathers and one of those beyonce Mm. angular flat hats uh this was very similar to a look she did earlier on in the season, but I think she always looks breathtaking. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that with her, I think that like black always, like the detail gets lost from watching a lot of America's Next Up Model. The detail gets lost. But yeah. um, so you kind of, like when it was zoomed in and you were seeing the different elements of it, like there was like the, the, the tights had this sort of, rhinestones on it and stuff and there was all like the frills and the ruffles and the hair and they had all these different components that looked amazing but like then when it kind of zoomed out and she was just walking back down the runway it just kind of looked like a big bolt of black fabric yeah um, 
But yeah, mm-hmm. and That's the true. hat kind of covered her face. And the makeup was gorgeous because when she took her like hat thing off in, in Untucked, you could just really see like how beautiful the makeup was, but because the hat was kind of covering it. Um, so I think that she could have taken she could have taken a look in the mirror and taken one thing off, and that would have been good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She feels she feels tiny to me. Yeah, I don't know if she is tiny, but she feels small. And her that look was just like I felt it was gorgeous, but it just it was like her little head <laughs> walking down the runway and all this black <laughs> fabric and that giant hat. Like it was really cool. But yeah, when she walked away, it was just like. That's a lot of black fabric. Like I don't know what's going on, but it's it's big and it's it's black. Mm. That's what she said. <laughs> Raj is up next, uh, and she was the one who missed the brief the most for me. Even though I thought the garment was great, I loved the sort of like iridescent kind of silvery purple hair. The fit was perfect, but it was like a floral brown, right? That didn't read goth to me at all. Yeah, no. I was very confused. I was like, what? It, it looked like the sort of fabric that they have on the like banquet seating in like rural Irish pubs. <laughs> like I kind of, it gave me like strong vibes of like garish like, carpet. Where, yeah. Or like where you get like the pre-drinks at your, your kind of like your, your Debs or prom or whatever you call it. Like, you know, that kind of like the, the foyer of the hotel where you're trying to be fancy and like it's right. actually the, the only place in town that would have used because it has to like get any business in it can. <laughs> yeah, um, and they also that... do like work meetings there sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But most of the so clientele like, just... are just people having affairs. Like that's kind of the main yeah. payroll. <laughs> totally. So that's yeah. it. It's like teen- yeah. teenagers in tuxedos and like people having affairs and like occasionally like an office that were doing like a, an away day that they weren't able to book one of the nice hotels for. Like that's kind of the vibe that okay. I got off the site. Okay. <laughs> Which is a big vibe to that's get off one. big vibe. It is. That's more of a vibe I It made I you feel. <laughs> that's true. It, did. it made me feel. <laughs> uh, so Akiria, I suppose, was, was the first one who kind of gave me some iconography that I would have felt I would have expected to see with sort of goth and the occult and all such. Now, I did think, should the cross be upside down? But then I was like, maybe maybe you can't show that on TV. I don't know what the rule is. But I thought she looked great. I think she's she's really upped her runways this season. And her runways are good in her season anyway. Do you guys feel like um, Akiria gets absolutely no respect for her looks on the show? Yeah. Yes, I, I do. I do. Like, I think that her, like, her drag is is really, really excellent. Like, I think her performances in the challenges, ha- like, ha- have been spotty, but her drag is always amazing. And this was like this kind of gave me like weird kind of um, what's that Queen of the Damned kind of mm-hmm. like it it was stunning, like so stunning. And I know like she had the big rose petal thing a, a week or two ago, and and it was mm-hmm. sort of like suddenly they're like, oh now we take you seriously on the run because of this. And I was like, no, actually she's been mm. doing really well. Yeah. yeah, she's always been, I love her looks because she walks such a fine line between being like an extreme pageant girl, but also like camp. Yes. Like she yeah. does give pageantry, but like there's always a campy sort of fun, like tongue in cheek <laughs> element to it. Like one of my favorite looks that she's ever walked on the runway with was when she did that like, I don't know what you call them. They're like those people that deal poker chips. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the dealer, I guess, right? The dealer? Right. Yeah. And she was wearing like the the that thing around, like around her neck that had like the poker table on mm. it. And it was like everything on it was like rhinestoned and like really like 
dragged out and yeah. she was safe they're always just like meh and then last week she was like literally wearing hair made of measuring tape, tape measure. yeah yeah i mean like what the hell and they never ever comment on what she's wearing ever yeah, yeah, I kind of no, feel I kind of feel for Akira. Like she's a real drag queen's drag queen. Like she does high high drag. I just think mm-hmm. she doesn't have the personality for a TV show. I guess I think that's a downfall. Like I'd go see her at a show. I'd look at her looks. I just don't think she knows how to craft herself a narrative. Or I I think that's it. And I think that like whenever you hear any of the queens off the off any of the the rugals talking about it, they always talk that there's like. Like there's a particular type of queen who does well on the TV show because it's the sort of person who understands how you need to present yourself in a reality TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's queens who kind of obviously are like, she, I would say, would be an absolutely amazing person to go and watch as a drag performer and be out of the gay bar. And she would do fantastic kind of performances. Mm. But yeah, she hasn't managed to translate that into a compelling reason to keep her around. Like she did, and she also, you forget, like, it's weird, you sort of, you forget how well she did on her original season. Like, she was in the top four, mm. wasn't she? She yeah. was in the top four, and it's like, 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 in reality, she came in to this season as one of the front runners based on placement mm-hmm. in her original season, but, like, right from the get-go, there was kind of, like, a oh, underdog narrative to her, which is now right. looking at it kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it makes sense. Like, I just don't think given the way she performs i just don't i don't understand her edit or her storyline on the show mm-hmm. yeah yeah it is strange uh next up was jan this was the one who hit the brief the most for me because she had the pentagon on her forehead and and the white pale makeup now she had this sort of trademark jan sort of caging it was a bit reminiscent of her ball look that she made herself which look it was fine i didn't love it <laughs> but i I love a concept. Jan always hits the concept out of the park, except last week. So I was happy with it. I thought she looked phenomenal. This was my favorite thing. And I didn't even mind that she did her little like backpack on her, the little coffin backpack that all the gods have. Like I, I thought the, the, the white, like it was so eerie, like seeing her there on the stage, just kind of like the white face and the white, like I thought this was, this was exactly right for me. This was the best look of the, the night in my book. Yeah, I agree. She looked amazing. Her makeup was so cool. Yeah. I loved the way she like smudged out her dark lipstick so mm-hmm. that it looked like she just like didn't have a mouth. Yeah, no, it was something. It was yeah. really cool. It was just so much detail. Yeah, no, it really was. And like it, like and everything worked. Like everything was at the right level. Like there was nothing because sometimes with Jan she takes things like a step too far. Whereas this, because like that, like the patterns look that she had, it was just kind of like obviously a bit too much thought had been put into it that and it ended up in a place that was just kind of like confused whereas this just everything worked perfectly Mm. kylie was up next with her sort of holy bondage style and look i really liked this but in reality she was just relying on her fantastic body right like there wasn't a whole lot of goth to it there wasn't character like if we remember manila's bondage look where she hopped out with the carrot in her mouth the whole time Mm -hmm. um like i loved it but I can also critique it. <laughs> yeah, you have every right. <laughs> um, I agree with you. I thought it was, it, it could have gone a little further. Like, had she, mm. you know, I love a prop. Yeah. Like, I'm a prop girl. Even on <laughs> Halloween, I'm always like, what could the prop be? You know what I mean? I base my whole costume around holding a prop. Around the prop. <laughs> yeah, okay. I love props. I love them, especially interactive ones, just saying. Um, but yeah, I think it's like there could have been, she could have so easily 
added elements to this to just mm-hmm. elevate it a little bit and it was just kind of like okay girl you're in a, a latex cutout dress yeah mm-hmm. at the end of the day i i think a prop mm-hmm. where i would go so far as to say and i know we're sort of sick of them on the runway at this point but this would have been a time for a reveal like this would mm-hmm. have been and it also would have been perfect for a reveal because you're not necessarily you know it could have been like a priestess kind of like robe thing kind of coming out or a nun or a nun mm. exactly american horror story the, the tie-in <laughs> oh my go. god hello Full circle. oh my god yeah but no, I, do, I do i agree i think that it was like th- it was a gorgeous look that was going to get well critiqued and i think that you could have make it, made a case for it being on like and like more or less any runway category or like, or, or like mm. plenty of them. Like there was nothing about it that specifically said, you know, this is the like gothic or goth runway. Right. About it. Her makeup yeah. was pretty cool. And I loved the, the red um, eyeshadow in the middle of the eyes that looked mm. sort of creepy. Finally, Pandora gave us a big Victorian dress with a big black veil with a kind of almost Billy Porter style opening uh, operation of it all. And fantastic characterization she gave. I think this is probably her best characterization on the runway we've seen. Yeah, it was incredible. It yeah. was really, really good. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I, I think that she was wearing that red hair like last week as well for the the Sally from like before Christmas look. I think that color hair just suits her so well, especially with like the really, really pale skin. Um, mm-hmm. And I loved like the the kind of the like the curtains, it, everything about it was... It, it had camp, it had glamour, it had everything. <laughs> she deserved to be in the top. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately she wasn't. Jan and Ginger were in the top with Kylie who won and Eureka was low but wasn't in the bottom two with Raja and Akira. Um, on a score of one to ten, how how right did the judges get it, do you think, James? I I felt like they should have said, look, you're... you're- your Jessica Lang struggled and then you pulled you pulled it out and that's amazing and pat on the back for like at the end you know but like to to win and to be like you were the best of the best like out of everybody it's just not I just I just I still don't get it I I, I'm going to just hazard a James's conspiracy corner here and say that they knew what lip sync was coming up they knew who they wanted to perform in that lip sync totally they were they were pushing that person to that place yeah uh, because like i mean as much as i believe that pandora or ginger deserved to win i don't want to see either of them lip sync to dirty by christina aguilera yeah there's one person there that you really want to see do that and yeah she did it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 and I think that that uh, that could be a good show because I think I found pretty much every episode the winner kind of questionable. Like I would kind of feel a left to center winner, like Ginger last year or last week, bit of a left to center winner. Even Jan for the the halftime show felt a bit left to center. So yeah, maybe they are judging it on 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 the lipstick because yeah, I don't know. It was yeah. again a weird choice, but I meant. We got a lip sync to Christina's Dirty from Kylie and she did a great job. And Manila didn't even try. What the hell? <laughs> Manila. I was so disappointed. I love Manila so much. Yeah, I love Manila too. And I was like, what the hell? It also, it didn't feel like a Manila song. Hmm. When the, when the, now this is my like absolute gag moment watching this episode. When they had the silhouette of the person behind the thing, I was fully convinced 
that that was Willem. Me too. <laughs> I was like, that's Willem. <laughs> yes. And like, I, I would have, to be fair, like Willem, famously not the best lip syncer as well, like more of a kind of like a bounce on the spot, whatever. But still, like how that would be iconic to have Willem back on that stage again because there is so much bad with there. <laughs> but I was convinced it was going to be Willem, and then when it was Manila, I was like, oh, okay. And then what surprised you didn't try because this was her chance to win something, finally win something on the RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> well, she won a good few lip syncs and also for it though, I think. So it's yeah. Yeah. Win yeah, that, but yeah. Um, I actually, in the preview from last week, I thought it might be Katya. And actually Katya has come out to say that she was asked to be a lip sync assassin but said no because she's lost more lip syncs than she's won. So she doesn't feel that she would be able to do justice. So... You'd love to see her back. Me too. So it's it's funny with the edit. They don't even seem to make it, even try to make it look like the Queen's voted for anybody other than a curious. So they build all the suspense around Kylie and Kylie's reveal. And, and, you know, it makes it feel like she's going to go for Raja. But no, she goes for Akira. And Akira sashays away. And it was probably about time, I felt. Yeah. It was fair. It was a a fair choice made. It leaves a very open playing field now for the rest of the season there's seven girls left five of them have won a challenge and they've also all been in the bottom once except jan has been in the bottom twice and then you have two people eureka and pandora who haven't won but have never been in the bottom either so it's kind of anyone's game in terms of wins and loses i think in terms of highs and lows you could probably make an argument that more people are going to push ahead but to me it looks like a trinity ginger top two yeah. same you know there's like people who debate back and forth whether or not like you can win the show without winning anything do you feel like in order to like really win drag race you have to be somebody that like could pandora win drag race right now i don't think so I, no I actually, right yeah i think it's like i think that it's it's it is, it's very much about like the the character you have because i think that i'd say like pandora definitely couldn't but Eureka, who's in exactly the same position, I could see Eureka winning, uh, and I'd and I'd be happy with Eureka winning. Um, I can't see Eureka winning, but I I could I would be I think that she would carry herself and like has the command a bit more of kind of someone who belongs in there in the the Drag Race Hall of Fame uh, alongside all the other uh, all the others. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I kind of think as we move on now, like I don't think I would see Jan winning, even though Jan has done quite well. No, no, I don't see Jan winning either. I don't see Pandora no. winning. I think, but I also, I also feel you have to for the for to be in the Hall of Fame. I feel you also have to do reasonably well in your first series as well. So I don't see Raja winning, even if she'll have the best track record. I can't be like you can't. Someone who didn't even make it a snatch game in their season can't go into the Drag Race Hall of Fame, can they? Well, I also feel like it has a lot to do with your story and your arc, which like sucks because you can't really control that. But like, like Alaska, for example. Yeah, I don't think Alaska would have won All Stars had she not had that one episode where she like lost her shit and did bad. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because then it's like, mm. okay, so you won every challenge and then you just like won the show and there's no, there's yeah. nothing else. Like, I feel like the show requires you to have a little bit of like ebb and flow, up and down. You have to cry at least once. Like, yeah. you have to kind of have a journey on the show in yeah. order to win. Pandora has not had a journey on the show. No. She's just existing on Drag Race right now. Yeah. So it's like, there's no way she can win just simply based on that. Whereas like, yeah, I I, I, I do, I don't know. That's how I feel, which no, sucks. I, it's I, not really fair. Yeah. And I think if Eureka wins, she'll win in a Trixie Mattel style way, which is like, okay, you were okay on the show, but it's your presence outside of the franchise mm. that's actually kind of 
Bulger and I, I would have to say about Raja, I think that she's been quite clever in terms of maybe molding her own narrative a little bit by how much she's spoken about and brought up in like areas where it's kind of communal conversations and stuff. The fact that she really wasn't ready in her first season and in her first season, she was her own worst enemy and kind of like how she really like mm-hmm. and how she's back to kind of show the queen that she's so it's like she's kind of created that redemption arc a bit for herself mm-hmm. bait like a, almost like a like a springboard off the fact that she didn't do so well in the first season and you kind of forgive her then for the fact she didn't do so well because she's owning up to how like many demons she was fighting and in a way raja doesn't need to win because in terms of the queen whose stocks have gone up the most in all six it's going to be raja raja and oh, kylie i would say yeah totally yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 definitely. Absolutely. I did think watching this episode at the start of it, I was like, God, imagine Serena Chach had got this far. How would she have done? Oh my God. <laughs> that feels like another lifetime, <laughs> that first episode with Serena Chach. <laughs> well, Troy, thank you for joining us today. Uh, where can people, well, first of all, to, Dunzo is your podcast all about pop culture mm-hmm. and James and I are loving it. It's, it's ideal that we had a Christina lip sync this week because that's kind of how we both fell down the rabbit hole of Dunzo. Oh, cool. But yeah, no, you do some terrific, like, deep dives into pop culture. And to be honest, like, I think that things are so serious at the moment in the world with, like, half of it on fire and half of it, like, dying <laughs> of a plague, that being able to look back to a time when our biggest issue was who Valderrama was fucking over is, like... Totally. Is, is really totally. refreshing and perfect. <laughs> yeah. What do you have coming up over the next few weeks on the podcast? Um, well, Britney Spears has heard on my throat so i'm not to be honest i'm not really sure i really am like um i I think i want to do more girl group stuff because that was what i was doing before all this Britney stuff started happening and i want to do more like just early 2000s like niche girl groups like dream and Mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah thank you for having me this was so much fun Worst episode of the series so far? Worst episode of a good series? By reflection on the last two weeks, which are very strong, I think that it it just, like, it it just was very poor. And I I am getting, you know, Conspiracy Corner a little bit tired of, like, production shenanigans that that Mm. seem to be going on to, like, push particular matchups and lip syncs on and then mm. you know that 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 i'm not enjoying um and i'm not enjoying the fact that we're probably not going to get snatch game till there's only six queens left like i think that's going to be far too few unless they do this game within a game thing which we've actually just stopped mentioning because they're just dragging yeah, it out like like i mean someone did suggest to me that the game in a game could be like all the queens back for like a mega snatch game but then as you said some of the queens have revealed who it is they would have done so mm. that seems unlikely if that was going to be the game within the game so i don't know i mean if they're doing the snatch game of love you do only want six queens though yeah you could have eight well no because well the last two times they did it with six queens because they had the three in one panel and three on the other the first one they did four and four, and then second time was three and three. Well, anyway, I wouldn't mind if they just would do like a normal Snatch game. I think that Snatch Game of Love hasn't worked, so stop it. But also, I would like a good solid eight or nine on my Snatch Game panel. That gives you yeah. a couple of good people to root for, a couple of people to flounder, and one or two people to just like kind of be there for like the in between bits. Mm. I know. And especially since we started off, whatever about last season when I mean, we had 10 and it was like when four are gone, we'll do Snatch Game, that's fine. We started with 13 queens. You've got to let more people go than are going to be able to stay on until Snatch Game. That's disappointing. Anyway, next week is a girl group challenge. We love them. 
I think Pandora is going to go home, unfortunately. But maybe I'm just a sucker for the... the I think you're probably right, because in my mind, the next queen who is logically heading towards the exit is Jan. Mm. But I think that this is a really strong... This is obviously going to be a strong performance from her and could be kind of a redemption moment. Um... So I think next week could be a bit of a game changer because there's some of the queen because I think singing is a talent. Singing and dancing are a talent that either you have or you don't. Yeah. So it could kind of shake things up a little bit more. Yeah. Well, we'll find out next week. We'll be back with you next Saturday. But before that, we'll be back with you on Monday for the finale of Drag Race España. Eh? A scandalo. So that will be exciting. So stay tuned to that. Other than that, have a lovely rest of your hopefully still sunny weekend. See you. Love you. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. 